3: Big news, everybody. Hello, my name is Jed Mishu of MMAFighting.com. But today you can call me Sean, and I'm here with two other Seans because we have an enormous announcement going on. As we speak, just over 20 minutes ago, it was announced that Jake, the problem child Paul, will finally be settling his score with Nate Diaz in a boxing match. And so we're here to talk about it. As I said, I've got two Seans with me. The first... Associate Deputy Editor. I'm not entirely sure your title, but the wonderful Stephen <laughs> Morocco. Uh, and then, for my money, the best damn reporter in the game, Damon Martin. Sean's, how we doing? How? Let's jump right into it. What was your initial reaction to this fight announcement?
2: <laughs> that... Uh... I think I think it's uh, it was kind of – Chad Dundas kind of summed it up pretty well by saying you, you pretty much learned the MMA pecking order in how this news was rolled out. <laughs>
3: <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, th- when the press release was announced, it was obviously sent to all of the people in MMA media, and a healthy majority of them had the title, Hey Sean, at the lead of the presser, <laughs> except for one man, apparently, Damon Martin. Damon. How do you how does it feel to both be your own man and to know that in just a few months we're finally going to get Nate Diaz versus Jake Paul?
4: Yes, I did get an email that said, "Hey Damon," so I did escape the Seanism. Uh, you know what, honestly, my first reaction cuz I talked to Nate's manager and and business partner in this, and my reaction was good for Nate. Like it really, like that honestly was my first reaction because Um, we all knew when he left the UFC, he was going to have opportunities out there. Uh, we didn't know who was going to come in MMA or boxing. We all kind of speculated it was boxing. And then Jake Paul goes and loses to Tommy Fury. And you think, well, they're going to do an immediate rematch. So, you know, maybe it's not going to happen. And, and, you know, maybe it's going to be Logan Paul. And then, you know, he gets it. And so weirdly, like, I know it sounds odd. I'm not rooting for anybody, but I'm weirdly happy for Nate because he did have to go through a lot of stuff to finally get his freedom. From the UFC and and I don't think he really left on bad terms, but I'm I'm happy. He seems like he's getting I'm I'm assuming he's gonna get paid a, a pretty healthy paycheck and uh he's always liked boxing and this was kind of the natural fit for him. So yeah, weirdly I'm just like happy for Nate that he got this opportunity and uh and you know, hopefully getting paid a, a big seven, maybe eight figure paycheck for it.
2: For a guy who doesn't move the needle. Nate Diaz sure moves the needle <laughs> Moves the
3: needle, man, doesn't he?
2: You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, the guy is doing a high-profile pay-per-view boxing fight with a proven, with a guy who you know he's going to make some money with. He's and he's still on good terms with the UFC. Like he's still in their orbit. He hasn't been written off and Francis Ngannou. So, um, really, just an exceptional character all around. And I I can't help but agree with uh, Damon. You know, the guy's earned it. He is paid for it and blood and brain trauma, and um, he deserves this big payday. So happy for him as well.
3: Undeniably one of the best prize fighters going. Before we jump into this any further, let's talk the the exact details. So the press release came out August 5th is the date. We'll be going down to the American Airlines Center in Dallas. It will be a 185-pound boxing match. You're going to use 10-ounce gloves 8 rounds it will be on DAZN pay-per-view and this is not in the press release but the esteemed Ariel Helwani reported it on the MMA Hour just moments ago that the pay-per-view price is going to be looking at 60 bucks a pop. So there are your details and I got to echo what what both Damon and Steven said this we all knew this was coming right guys like this was this was the plan. He was trying to exit the UFC on his own terms so he could go do this and he is getting it. He's getting everything he wanted because, also per the press release, this is a co-promotion between Most Valuable Promotions, Jake Paul's brand, and Real Fight Inc., the uh, promotion that Nate Diaz started himself, along with DAZN. So he's getting everything he wanted, kind of moving forward. And to your earlier point, Stephen, he's still in good. He's still in good with the UFC because, listening to, uh, I'm going to read a quote from the press release that is attributed to Nate besides canelo he's the biggest thing in boxing i'm here to conquer that i'm the king of combat sports and then i'm headed back to back to get my ufc belts so from that from that takeaway guys before we get into talking about this fight is this exactly what it means is is this going to be a one off for nate diaz and then as you so eloquently put it he's in good graces with the ufc he just returns after taking this one off big boxing pay per view do we think that's that's what's happening for Nate here? Is this this just him playing the game?
4: I think it's probably a bit of both, but I would say that if you're think about this, the genius of Nate Diaz to leave the UFC, but again, leave on good graces. Dana White says this is always going to be your house, and blah blah blah. He goes out and gets a huge payday to fight Jake Paul. We don't know how much, but we have to assume it's a you know a significant payday. It's boxing; they earn the lion's share of the of the profits, so he's getting paid a big paycheck. Let's say he goes out there and fights. Let's say he wins. Just hypothetically, he wins the fight. Then he comes back and he's got Conor McGregor in a trilogy. Talk about UFC bells. They no UFC bells. He's going to come back and get that Conor trilogy and make another boatload of money. And then maybe he just pieces out forever. Um, yeah, I mean, come on. Like that's, that would be, I, I could not be happier if that's what happens to Nate Diaz for the rest of the crew. I think we kind of forget like Nate is not a young guy anymore. Like he's in his late thirties. So he's only got so much time left. Uh, if he can cash an eight figure payday against Jake Paul, maybe an eight figure payday to go settle the score with Conor McGregor one last time. And also let's be honest about this. You know, Conor has not been on the greatest run re- lately. There's no guarantees. He's going to beat Michael Chandler. Uh, if he loses that fight, which is a very realistic thing that could happen. Uh, the Nate Diaz trilogy is still out there and that's still a massive fight. So yeah, I think it's definitely possible. I mean, go back for that fight, maybe sign a, he can sign a three fight deal with the UFC. Doesn't mean he's actually going to fight him. It just means he's gonna sign a three-fight deal and fight Connor and 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 then go out and make another 10, 12, 13 million dollars. So yeah, I think it's really possible. Steven, the yeah. other side of
3: the other side yeah. of this though, Steven, is he, he does mention another name saying besides Canelo, is that is that also possible? If he goes out here and beats Jake Paul, I know Ariel was talking about this on the MMA hour. Do we think that's a possibility for Nate Diaz no. just to get to get a, a ridiculous Floyd Mayweather like fight with Canelo Alvarez?
2: No, I don't think so. I don't think Canelo has shown any indication that he's that type of fighter. Not only is I, I do I get the sense that he has a different <laughs> uh, level of respect for the sport, but he's also at a different point in his career. Um, I think that Canelo is not. I think Canelo still has some big fights, quite a few big fights, and I don't think that if he even were going to do it, this is the point at which he would. Because I think that there's there's other things for him to do.
3: I mean, way to kill the dream. Okay, so so there's <laughs> no fun to be had here. We're just getting Jake Paul, Nate Diaz. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about the fight because this is this has been set up for well over two years had did y'all have a chance to watch the trailer that accompanied the press release
4: i did no not yet i did
3: damon what did you think because frankly the trailer got me a little bit hyped. this is not a fight that i think that i should care about but it's a well-made trailer i forgot how long these two have been building this up uh you know clearly with an eye towards this and it got me It got me ready to see this. So what did you think about the trailer? Where are your, where's your level of interest for this fight as it will,
4: you know, get near. So first off, I love the trailer. I, I, I great job by most valuable promotions and real fighting, putting that together. It came from both places and good job because, you know, I think these little things are fun. Like we talk about how bad the UFC posters are sometimes, and, I, I, and ultimately, say, like, well, they're bad, but, you know, it's still just a poster. No one's going to not buy an event because the poster's terrible. But it's fun when you have these little extra things that, that you know, like a, like a great fight poster. I think back in the Nick Diaz, George St. Pierre fight poster, which was incredible, or a good trailer like this one. Just get you hyped up, get you excited. So, yeah, it's fun. And as far as my interest in the fight, I'll be honest, it grew a lot with with Jake losing to Tommy Fury because when when Jake beat Anderson Silva... Um, And that was a a really solid performance from Jake. I said afterwards uh, numerous times, I said, I think he'd be like a five to one favorite over Nate because Nate is not a big, you know, Nate's typically a a lightweight, 155 pounder. And he hasn't, I mean, yes, he's done boxing, you know, in the, in the cage, but he's never done real boxing. And I think Anderson Silva is incredible boxer. So I said, this is going to be a mismatch. Like, I don't really think it's that great, but, seeing jake go out there and get beat by tommy fury and and i didn't really think it was a split decision i thought he lost the fight um i'm not saying it suddenly means it's like this super compelling matchup but like now i'm kind of okay now we're back to where we were before where jake has you know seen some holes in his game and we know nate is tough as hell so yeah i'm, I'm way more intrigued I think weirdly him losing to losing to tommy fury made me more excited for him to fight nate diaz I'm well, it continues that the theme, up.
2: right? Because he lost, you know, he lost to the boxer, the supposed pure boxer. And now he goes back to MMA fighters. So it keeps kind of keeps in the narrative that he's built this entire time. Yeah.
3: Sorry, Jed. No, I was just saying, I'm glad you brought that up, Damon, because I've, I've got that here on my notes is where does the Tommy Fury of this fit in? And it, you know, just I was trying to think because we're we're still processing this. It, it's been announced for less than 30 minutes, trying to think if the Tommy Fury lost made me more compelled by this fight. And I think I'm with you on that, Damon, because like you, after the Anderson Silva thing, I thought, well, Anderson's definitely a better boxer. He's bigger than Nate. If, if Jake can win this, then this isn't, isn't compelling or worthwhile. And then Jake, you know, stumbles a bit against Tommy Fury. And coming into that, a lot of people, hand up, myself included, did not think super highly of Tommy Fury. <laughs> and so for him to kind of beat Jake really resets where we're at. So Steven, I'm, I'm interested in that, that take of it, the, the thought of, okay, this is going back to the narrative uh, of, all right, you faced a guy who can actually box Nate Diaz, not a boxer, but has been lauded over his MMA career for his boxing. How do you think this fight kind of looks go? It's time. It's time for that part of it. What do we think we're going to see come August 5th uh, when these two do step into the ring?
2: I still don't think that Nate is is a favored, is the favorite. I still think he's the underdog, because he's got a ton of miles on him. He is a natural one fifty five pounder who may be, who may be one one hundred eighty five pounds on fight night, but won't be the functional 185 pounds that Jake is, who I think is cutting down. Um, And Jake, I mean, this is a fight that is tailor-made for Jake so, sort of taking someone on in the twilight of their career when their skills their reflexes have diminished somewhat and he is a guy who is uh a lot less punches on the punch card you know he has he has the ability to take some of these shots he has the ability to bounce back his reflexes are he has youth you know that's the easiest way to say it and so I, I agree with Damon. I think that had he had he not lost to Tommy Fury, um, I, I might have uh, felt differently about this. You know, I might have given him, um, I might have felt differently about the matchup. But I, I still think that Nate is 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 not is it a deficit here because boxing for MMA and boxing for boxing are two different things. And the training is different. And I know that Nate has done a lot of work with um, Virgil. I can't remember his last name, uh, trainer of Underward. Uh, Yeah. I mean, they, they really have made that a a, a cornerstone of their preparation for all these years, but it's two different games. It's two different when you're doing a, a, there's a big difference between going in for a a little uh, sabbatical and then doing a full camp. It's, I just think that Jake has a lot of natural advantages, which has kind of been the way it's you know he's designed it.
0: The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down.
3: Yeah, it's, uh, it's fun that you mentioned Virgil Ward and Andre Ortiz, because Paul also released a statement with the press release. A uh, lot going on there, but the tail end of it is, people tell me Nate has been training with Andre Ward for years, that he has insane stamina, that he refuses to back down. Good for fucking Nate. I haven't forgotten about the slap backstage in Arizona on August 5th. A problem child is going to piece up and knock out the Stockton G. Damon. Sounds like you uh, certainly previously were thinking that uh, Jake Paul's assessment of this fight is, is probably accurate. Do you still feel that way? Do you think on August 5th, Jake Paul is going to knock out Nate Diaz?
4: I think stylistically, Nate is kind of built for Jake Paul in the way that Nate moves forward constantly and throws a jab. That's his best weapon. His jab is nasty. And he throws volume. Jake is more of a counterpuncher. When you look at his biggest knockouts, it's because his opponents are coming forward and he, l- he just lays into them. Um, that's kind of why the Anderson Silva fight played out kind of weird because Anderson is also a counterpuncher. And so they weren't really engaging a ton uh, until late in the fight when he tagged him and dropped Anderson late. But when you watch him fight Tommy Fury, Tommy Fury. Jed, I'm with you 100. I was I. If you go back and listen to any of my podcasts, or you were else.
3: the most aggressively anti-Tommy Fury as a boxer person on staff. Yeah. I think it's safe to say you were the most ardent. Tommy Fury sucks uh, and, of all of us, and most of us were pretty anti him.
4: Yeah, he was. It, when you watched his boxing matches, he was not good. I mean, he just wasn't. Like he just was not He's good. Not. But, but. What he did to Jake Paul was he stuck to the fundamentals. He didn't have to do anything different. He threw a one-two combination. He moved good footwork, stayed out of range, and then just kept pop shotting Jake all night. And that's where he started to realize, like, well, Jake, is, Jake is, is not a great fundamental boxer. Like, he's not terrible, but there's a difference between – Boxing Tyron Woodley and Ben Askren and Nate Robinson and all these guys, and then going out there and boxing a guy who just knows how to throw the most basic of combinations. So um I still think this is a tailor-made fight for Jake to win. He'll have the size, he'll have the power, uh, he'll be heavier on fight night. And Nate comes forward constantly and just kind of throws those pitter patter punches. I think that's something that Jake can kind of feast on. So yeah, I lean towards Jake Paul winning this fight, but uh, again, you know, Nate has shown pretty solid fundamentals. Now, again, not boxing for MMA. If he can adjust that and actually learn how to do the boxing fundamentals, we'll see how much that gives Jake a problem. Because Jake, Jake struggled. I don't care what. It, I don't care. If it said split decision. It wasn't a split decision. Tommy Fury won that fight. Uh, but it, it was just that. Tommy was just doing the most basic boxing things. The literally the most basic boxing things. And he beat Jake Paul. So Jake Paul has got to learn a lot to figure out how to beat that uh, come August 5th. And again, maybe it's not the biggest risk because Nate is, again, he's a good boxer for MMA. So we'll see how it all plays out. But I still lean Jake Paul, again, size, power, and stylistically, this kind of plays into what he does well, which is catching guys when they come forward. And we know that's what Nate Diaz does best is come forward.
3: Well, the the odds makers agree they currently have – uh, just checked on this just to make sure we've got Nate Diaz as a plus 200 underdog. The favorite will be Jake Paul at minus 260. Couple of questions before we wrap up here. The other two remaining points uh that I'd like to discuss. We're going to have plenty of time to break this down, but let's just say let's say Jake Paul pulls this off and and moves forward. Is is his next fight going to be KSI or do we think that that is is the next future buildup? Uh, or is this is this just kind of all we need to see right now from Jake Paul? This is a rebound, and then whatever comes next is there. Because that was the other fight that that was an option, right? I know KSI is uh, – who's he fighting, Damon? Uh,
4: Joe Fournier. Yeah, Joe Fournier. Joe Fournier. I know yeah. That's the
3: other one that's been thrown, but that is obviously the big buildup in the influencer boxing scene. Do Is this the road to Paul KSI, or is this – is this its own thing and uh Paul KSI can come down the line.
4: What's funny is he actually he actually says in the press release I could have taken an easier fight like KSI sure but I does. took a tougher fight so I thought that was funny. Uh realistically, I'll be honest, I I thought he was going to just rematch Tommy and and I don't know that would have gone great for him considering, you know, the last fight was just again, the boxing fundamentals he didn't have. Um, so I'm going to stick with Tommy Fury is probably his next opponent. If he beats Nate Diaz to try to get that one back. Um, the KSI fight would be huge and maybe if KSI goes out there and sleeps Fournier, uh, maybe that will intrigue him a little bit more. And I'm sure that would be a massive payday, but I'm going to stick with Diaz, Tommy Fury as the path. And also if he beats Nate Diaz, it does make the Tommy Fury rematch a little more intriguing because you're not just doing it back to back and, you know, people aren't going to say, "Well, you just got beat by this guy six months ago." Well, like, how is it going to be that much different? Um, so, yeah, I think it's probably going to be Diaz, Tommy Fury, and uh, and you know, maybe down the road, KSI would be my guess. But again, I I thought the Tommy Fury rematch was going to happen now, and we're getting a Diaz. So I guess anything's possible.
3: Well, Tommy Fury well, I think may fact- be boxing yeah. Liam <laughs> <laughs> Liam of One Direction. So he has other other influencer boxing on his mind. Steve, what were you going to say?
2: I think the fact that he isn't sort of indicates that maybe the receipts didn't weren't as good as he thought, or just the fact that the, the the matchup was on the table and Nate was interested. Nate is a bigger draw than Tommy Fury. Nate is a proven draw over years and years and years. And they've given themselves three months to pre- to promote this thing. I mean, they kind of came out of the gate on this one. They had the the promo already done. Doesn't this have sort of like the the vibe of something that they've <laughs> that they're really They're really trying to give themselves the best chance of success for um, and what they've done and what they've done so far. So it's like the fact that he's not rematching Tommy Fury indicates to me that, uh, you know, some financial considerations are probably a part of this. And you beat a guy like Nate Diaz, regardless of whether or not he's competitively there or not, your, your name dies last in this game. And so you beat a guy like Nate Diaz and it puts you back in the esteem of a lot of, you know, tastemakers in this, in combat sports, Uh, at least in our neck of the woods, like boxing. I I think he's going to have to beat Tommy fury at the bare minimum to get going on that front. And he's got a ways to go, but from what he's done so far from the market that he is playing in, I think this is probably the best move to do Nate Diaz and then go back to the rematch. And I would agree with Damon that that's probably what's going to happen.
4: Can I throw in there real quick? I love that you mentioned that, Stephen, about the your name dies last because we do live in a world where Vitor Belfort holds a win over Evander Holyfield and Anthony Pettis holds a win over Roy Jones Jr. Uh, Also, you mentioned the fact that they had the poster, the trailer and everything done that. I know that sounds weird, but like that was so well done because you remember with the Tommy Fury fight. Like, it got announced, but then no one would confirm it for, like, weeks after. Like, everyone said it's happening, well, but then no one said time? anything. Well, the, the most recent week when it actually happened. <laughs> there was no there was no poster. There was no – like, they didn't even – talk. they wouldn't acknowledge it. Like, I was trying to confirm the fight, and, like, no one would actually acknowledge that it was in the works or happening. And then it finally got confirmed, like, four weeks before the fight. And I interviewed Tommy Fury, like, maybe a week and a half before the fight or, like, to, maybe two weeks out from the fight – like it was the kind of like the worst put together event for like what is supposed to be kind of like a big boxing match. Uh, They didn't even confirm it to like four weeks out here. We're getting this one basically five months ahead of time, like August 5th. It's way, way out. We got a poster. We got a trailer. We got a press release Uh, way better job on this one.
2: Here's a question. Does the UFC counter program?
3: I don't think so. And and that's going to lead us into this. The the last thing I wanted to talk about here because Damon, I think I honestly felt when that was happening with the Fury that it was just they had been bitten twice, so they're not going to commit. Because we were talking about it on Fight Week whether Tommy Fury <laughs> was going to actually show up. So this one, you know, Nate Diaz is going to show up, and Stephen, and I am fully on board with you here that that they are going to give this the full court press. Think we're going to get uh, some sort of a promotional tour. Uh, In the press release, they say they've got 800,000 pay-per-view purchasers for Paul Fury. Take that with a grain of salt. It is a press release. But I think the UFC is not going to counter program because of what we previously talked about on this, this show. I think they know that Nate Diaz is coming home sooner rather than later, and it only benefits them to let him do this. He's already out from under the umbrella. Let him build this up and then when he comes back, they can finally do the the Diaz-McGregor three and that that thing will almost assuredly break two million pay-per-view buys. So I don't think we're getting counter-programming from the UFC. My question, with that in mind, and given the numbers they're at least saying happened for Paul Fury, what do we think the total pay-per-view buys for this, this will be at? And again, it's a $60 pay-per-view August 5th. I don't know if there's anything else going on that weekend, but I am assuming that they will have the run of the the show that weekend. These two guys, what do we think?
4: So just for scheduling (laughs) sake, for scheduling sake, to throw it out there, the UFC has a fight night card planned on July 22nd. And then July 29th is a second pay-per-view in July. And that's the one that's rumored for London Uh, for Leon Edwards. Colby Covington is the rumor, not a done deal, not making an announcement, just saying like, that's the rumor. So they are doing a. They are planning to do a second pay per view on July 29th. Meaning they are not going to do another big card on August 5th. Uh, if they do That's anything, good, yeah. it'll no be a fight night. Yeah. If they do anything, it's going to be a fight night, and I honestly think they're going to because they have they have fights they have fights every weekend in July in the UFC. It seems to be it seems to reason August 5th will be a weekend off, and then they'll get back up and running. So d- they're not doing this like in Either. a vacuum. They're doing it because they know they're not going to be counter programmed by a big card. Uh, from the UFC. Sure. The UFC is planning yeah. on July 29, so that that's I'm sure that's a big part in the date
3: They are not idiots in, in what they're doing. If if there is any UFC card it will not be even a high level fight night. It'll be an Apex show with forgettable main eventers because that's where we're at but you're yeah. absolutely right Damon they, they know what they're doing. I mean Nikisa Badarian knows, <laughs> knows what he is doing in this regard so what do we think on pay-per-views? I is it going to is it going to break a million? I guess let's start the conversation there.
2: Uh, at sixty bucks with with Jake's audience, it's really weird. It's like legacy UFC fans versus Jake Paul millennial downloaders. <laughs> My guess <laughs> is it doesn't break a million.
3: Oh, we have a we have an under a million. Yeah. Damon, what are, what are your thoughts? Do we think this breaks a million?
4: Uh, I don't think so, and and I know this is going to sound like a remarkably low number, but I think if they break five hundred thousand pay per views, that would be a huge win for them because the pay per view market has changed dramatically in recent years. It just has, you know, it just has, it's changed so much. Um, you know, getting getting beyond 400,000 pay per views is a big deal nowadays. Like that's just the reality of it. Do we occasionally get? a big Tyson Fury fight that will do well or a big Canelo fight that will do well, or obviously in the UFC, when we get Connor or, you know, John Jones, Stepe, If that happens, that'll probably do really well, but pay-per-views aren't what they once were. So if they break 500 K, that would be a huge win, I think. So I would say Nate Diaz does draw a crowd. There's no doubt about that. He's, he is actually a legitimate a side to a, you know, this is two a sides in a lot of ways. Like Jake definitely commands a crowd. We can't sit here and say he isn't a star. He is. Uh, but this isn't Tyron Woodley, a guy who's never, who never was a draw in the UFC, Ben Askren, who no one cared about until he got starched by Masvidal. Um, you know, he's not, He he's not, and, and Tommy Fury was, was fighting with a last name. No one knew Tommy. The only people who knew Tommy Fury were the people who watched his reality show and the people who knew his last name was Fury. That's it. He was not a star in his own right. He was a star because he had been attached to the Jake Paul fight for like two years. Um, he actually has a legitimate A-side partner in this, in Nate Diaz. for the first time ever. I mean, let's be honest. He's not really had this kind of dance partner in his boxing career. So 550 600,000 buys, I think that'd be massive. I think that's a huge win for them.
3: I am shocked. I'm hammering the over a million. I think with the four or five months, whatever timeline we're looking at, I haven't done the math, and I'm not good at calendars. For a promotion, I think... This is this is they know what they're doing. I think this is a target. I'm not taking the 800,000 pay-per-view buys at face value because that seems a bit sus to me. But Nate Diaz, if if they did even close to 800K for Paul of Fury in a fight that we've already talked about being not as well promoted as possible and with a a B, a very clear B side, you've got two legitimate A's. A fight that's going to have a full court press that has legitimate interest and a, a natural storyline. I think this thing is, is for sure breaking a million pay-per-view buys. Uh, And so it's going to be the biggest thing that happens this also, summer, frankly.
4: Let me, let me throw this out there real quick. Also, we mentioned this already. They had the trailer, they had the poster. One thing I want to say also, they gave us months to get excited. One thing I hate about, one thing I really hate about like fight announcements these days, and it comes a lot in the UFC, is that we hear fight announcements, you know, six weeks before a fight. Now, I'm not saying you can't get excited about a card six weeks before a fight, but I remember in the old days, not when I say old days, I mean like three years ago, uh, where you'd get a fight announcement <laughs> three, four months ahead of time, and you'd actually get time to build up the anticipation. You get excited, like, oh, man, like, we've heard rumors for months about Jon Jones fighting Steele as Stephen Miocic in July. We still don't know if that's going to happen. Like, that's sooner than Diaz-Paul. We still have no idea if that's actually going to happen. We have basically five months, the better part of five months, to get excited for Nate Diaz. They can do a press conference soon, a ticket on sale press conference. They'll do the face-off, we'll get excited. They'll do it again in, in July, we'll get excited. So I'm commending them for actually uh, for actually going out there and, and, and building this thing up for months instead of giving us like five weeks to get excited uh, because now we actually have time to be like, oh, man, August 5th, August 5th. Commend them for actually doing it the right way.
3: I could not be in more agreement with you. We've got plenty of time. I'm already got, I'll admit I'm, my interest has peaked. We've got plenty of time now to, to let this build up. They have, they've hit the ground as well as they possibly can. And so that'll be it for us again. It's August 5th. It will be at the American Airlines center in Dallas, Texas, Jake Paul versus Nate Diaz, 185 pound boxing bout. It's the fight. We've more or less all been waiting for. It's going to be the biggest event of the summer, Keep it locked to MMAfighting.com. We will have more as this continues to develop. And certainly as we get closer, we will be covering this in-depth from every angle angle possible. Thank you, Stephen, Sean, sorry, Damon. Appreciate you for hopping on. And uh, we'll be back soon.
1: You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.
0: The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook